Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. There are a couple things I want to let you know about. The first being that we have officially moved into our new space. Everything is there. The mail has been shifted. So if you've got anything you would like to send us, the new address is listed on the website. And I also said I would mention it here. It is Crit Show Studios, 11903 East Welland Street, W-E-L-L-A-N-D Street. And that is Unit E. Uh, And so if you've got anything you'd like us to get, uh, you can mail that to us there. And again, that information is updated on the website now. Um, I also wanted to take a second just to say this time of year can be rough. The holidays, the lack of sunlight, stress, and family, everybody has their own things that they're dealing with. So this time of year can be hard for a lot of people. If you feel like you or someone you care about is in crisis, uh, you can call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It is 1-800-273-8255. This lifeline is available 24-7. It is confidential, and it is absolutely free. So it's a weird shift um, trying to, like, hey, we moved our office, and now here's this. But it's important, and sometimes you need that reminder that there are people there that can help you even if they don't seem like they are in your immediate sphere. So everyone... Be kind to yourself this holiday season. And now on to the episode. We find the four of you and your new compatriots back at your train. And I think now is a good time to review our beliefs, goals, and bonds to see if we can't earn some grit. So, like at the start and end of sessions is the time where we would review these things. As with many of our games, since we're episodic, it's hard to say like when a session ends. I feel like this is kind of like a between arcs. This is a a decent spot. Um, So, if any of your beliefs have changed, if you feel that you have fulfilled any of your goals, resolved any of your bonds... Uh, This is an opportunity to maybe make some alterations and earn some grit. Starting with goals, does anybody feel like they have achieved their character's goal at this point? Uh, I mean, not technically all of it, but a quarter of it, because my goal is specifically to make sure that the magic circles get destroyed. So like a quarter of a point of grit? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it seems like a no then, because if you fulfill your goal, then you need to come up with a new goal, right? Correct. Yeah. Once you achieve your goal, you take the grit and then you have to write a new goal. So I think Mm. this one's ongoing. I don't think you would take the grit for that Mm. yet. Yeah, that makes sense. Gotcha. Man, then, because I kind of gave myself a a sort of just like way of being for my goal. So I don't really know if there's like an achievement point for it. Like my goal is just using violence as a last resort, which I feel like I did for this arc. Like I talked our way into the town. Uh, Rev and I made a distraction to escape the town. But like... Yeah, so uh, like I I achieved it, but it also doesn't seem like a goal that has necessarily like an end point. Yeah, and like a- achieving a goal and picking a new one doesn't necessarily mean that the old one's not still true, right? Like it's it's reflective of your belief. You know, your goal is spawned from whatever your character's belief is. So you may still have achieved the goal of using violence as a last resort, 
and complete this and make a new goal that is otherwise tied to your belief and you still use violence as a last resort, mm. but mm-hmm. you've now achieved that goal at least once. Hmm. Okay. And so I suppose to that end, the same could be true for Tass. Like yeah. you have achieved the goal of disrupting one of the magical circles. If that feels sufficient to you, you could complete that goal and make a new one that is tied to your belief. But if it's more like, now it feels like the overarching objective is all of them, then maybe you don't complete it. I don't care if anybody wants to cheese it and be like, no, I definitely completed it. I want more grit. Mm. I want more (laughs) goals for more grit. I can't say that I completed mine because mine is to expose evil right now. And I don't think we outed the mayor to the people. Yeah. No, like the only person is Jumbo so far, the one that you brought with you. But I think I did. And I don't know if this happens at the same time, but I think I solved my issue and I could come up with I have a, a new one in mind. Um, hold on to that for a second. Okay. We'll hit issues after we finish hitting goals. Okay. I'm basically in the same boat as Rev. My my belief is that not all monsters are monsters, uh, and my goal is to educate the layman. So I haven't really done that. I haven't really exposed the situation at all. Everything so far has kind of been in secret. So I think I've got some potential to explore that in the future here, but uh, no, not yet. Okay. Um. Well. Tass or Kim, are you going to call your goal achieved? You don't have to come up with a new one instantly. It says you have a session, which again, since our sessions are kind of nebulous, like you've got another adventure basically to come up with your new goal. Uh, That won't put you directly on the spot right now if you decide you consider it achieved. I do think I'm going to call this one resolved only because I, I don't think I was looking at writing this goal the right way in the first place. So putting it in context now, it's more like I've achieved the knowledge that, okay, we can do this. This is doable. Like, this is a whole new world. We don't know what to expect. We don't even know if we can get done what we need to get done. But now I know for sure we're on the right track. We can do this. Um, So I feel like there's a new sense of ease. There's a sense of accomplishment here um, that's going to make me redirect looking ahead and, and deciding, like, What are my steps? What are my goals for the way we accomplish this from here on out? Okay, then take a grit uh, and start thinking about what your new goal will be. Okay. Yeah, I would also say that my goal was pretty handily achieved during this last arc. Yeah, I mean, you definitely used like persuasion and lying and whatnot to avoid violence when it seemed inevitable. Yeah, and you know, and that's still important to me and important to do in the future but i think now i can think of you know a different spin or like i did that so now what's the logical extension of my belief okay uh then same thing mark a grit and start thinking about a new goal yay and it's our belief doesn't change right it's just like the the belief is core to who we are it's just now what's the what's the new goal right um, you can change your belief if there's like sufficient fictional reason to do yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't have to or anything cool. like that's not encouraged. It doesn't award you anything. It just changes who your character is. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks. Okay. Uh, so the next thing we can talk about are issues. Um, so Rev, you said you feel like you've resolved your issue. Here's one of the things, though. Uh-huh. You've got to pay some grit to resolve your issue. How dare you? I know. Um, so. It costs five grit to resolve your issue entirely. And you don't have to make up a new one right this second. I may impose one on you later, though, if it comes up. I can't. I don't have enough grit. Okay. So never mind. All right. Maybe next one. Maybe next time. I don't know what word I said. I think next one. I said said next twan. 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 The cowboy word for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Another twan. Anybody else, though, does anybody else feel like they've resolved their issue and also has the resources necessary to resolve their issue? Uh, absolutely not. I remain addicted to flattery, perhaps more so because there was a crowd of people <laughs> clapping for me. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think I kind of worked against mine in this last session, but I don't know. It almost feels like a special circumstance. Like, my issue is I'll spread myself too thin to try and help everyone. I definitely didn't do that with Tass as he tumbled down the stairs. (laughs) But that wasn't like a, I feel like I need to be everywhere to help everyone. And I think that comes from knowing Tass and knowing like how he handles himself and what he would want me to focus on and like 
prioritize. So I don't think I really like went against what I felt I should do in that moment. Okay. Also, I don't have five grit, so it doesn't matter anyway. That's the important. <laughs> we should start it. Do you have five grit? Yeah. If yes, do you feel like you've resolved? Stop talking. If yes, continue the sentence. <laughs> I, I I feel like I technically could resolve mine because I have the grit, uh, and the other gunslinger that might be hunting me from this world hasn't hunted me down yet, so. He's a pathetic ass uh, hunter, uh, so I could just call it resolved and never deal with this guy. Uh huh. But that's not interesting, so I'm not gonna. He, I mean, he would just vanish from the weave of the fiction. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. If that's the handsome man in the black duster, I will reach through my monitor and strangle you, Tass. If you, I'm going to from the narrative. Go ahead and call this one resolved. No. <laughs> it's like I'd like to see you try. <laughs> Okay, uh, then that will bring us around to bonds. So bonds can change positively or negatively. It refers to the change in bonds as like a resolution. You are resolving your bonds. Similar to your goals, it doesn't necessarily mean that the last thing isn't true anymore. It just means that like something else is more important. So one of the examples they give is like two players have a weak bond because they were childhood friends. Then they fall in love with the same girl. Now their bond is stronger because it's a rivalry and like a hostility between themselves. So it's not always a good thing. A bond can be bad. Uh, a bond can get weaker. If you resolve a bond and you feel like you two have grown apart, you can drop it by one. If you feel like it's gotten stronger, you can increase it by one. So does anybody feel like their bond with any of the other players has resolved at this point? I feel like my bond with Rev has resolved. And by my bond, I mean my bond of zero with Rev yeah. has resolved. <laughs> <laughs> like he and I successfully orchestrated our half of the plan. Mm -hmm. Rev talked to the mayor on my behalf and did a great job of like, you know, selling our lie. Uh, we did that bell distraction together. Like She was not late on her check for the 10%. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rev. Uh, I, I, I think my bond manager with Rev feet. goes up to one because he's my manager now. <laughs> okay. So with that bond resolved, each of you will take one grit. Nice. Um, both players involved in a bond take grit when it's resolved. Uh, and then you will make a new bond, a plus one bond with Rev. I am putting you down as my manager. Perfect. So do I, because I feel the same way. Do we do this twice now? Because it doesn't change, like her changing her bond with me doesn't change my bond with her automatically. Yeah, I mean, if your bond is like the same going both directions or you feel like there's been a resolution from both ends, yes, I think same thing. Okay. You can each take another grit Ooh. and you can nice. increase your bond to plus one uh, and just change its nature. Okay. Now do you have enough grit to resolve your issue? <laughs> I, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be in that order or anything. If you now want to resolve your issue, I think you can. I mean, the reason that I want to is because, and this is this is just an, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure purely coincidental, but every magic rule I did, things went right. It was when I was trying to do other stuff that things went wrong. And so having that insecurity of not being the right type of magical doesn't feel like it would be living in me anymore. I think that makes perfect sense. Okay. Keep in mind, though, that you also need your grit to do all the other I stuff know. that you get better at. Uh, so I don't, I'm not sure that this is enough, but it, it seems important. Well, Megan's talked about this a little bit with, uh, you know, the issue that she has written down, but, you know, we've done so many capers at this point, <laughs> maneuvers, attacks, and so on. But like, weirdly, this is the first time that I saw her do something super dangerous and put trust in me at the same time. Like, I had that gun to my head. And I mean, I think a lot of people might just expect like, oh, gosh, well, I hope the other person helps me. But seeing her take the opportunity to get the job done and trust me to deal with the situation was like really a huge self-esteem boost, frankly. You know, she got the job done and, and trusted me to do my end of it. I don't like that you guys took this mixed success consequence and have <laughs> spun it into a positive. I feel neutered. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that makes sense. If you want to mark that bond resolved, you can increase it and write a new one. And I don't think that it resolves on my end because my bond with Tass is kind of centered around this idea that he's kind of the one that introduced me to a lot of this and has kind of led me on this path of, of joining this team. And so I think trusting him 
to handle his side of things is not really something new. So. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, that's what you have always done is yeah. Yeah. trusted him to do his part. So it's more about Tass's perception, perception of, of it, things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, this isn't a thing that we necessarily need to do like between sessions like this. Um, but just as a reminder, whenever you get better at what you do, you can pay five grit to do several things. You can buy a new general skill with a plus one modifier. You can buy a new specialist skill with a plus zero modifier. You can add plus one to an existing skill to the maximum of two. You can permanently overcome your character's issue, like we talked about, if the fiction allows it. You can permanently change the archetype or twist of your character's high concept. Um, those aren't things that have to happen in between sessions here. It's just the trigger is when you get better at what you do. So whenever you've got five grit and you feel like you've improved at something, feel free to say, hey, I'm going to spend my five grit and I'm going to up this thing or change this thing. Uh, I think I'm going to do just that in this moment. Okay. Uh, I did a lot more brawling in in this little story arc than I guessed I would have. So I think that's just fresh and I'm feeling good about it and I'm going to bump that uh, to, to give myself a plus one. Okay. We find the four of you, along with your two new tag-along compatriots, uh, aboard the train. Is there anything like you're trying to wrap up before you get underway and get away from Silent Spring? Or are we just fuck out of here, getting moving as soon as possible? I don't even think I ask anybody. I think I tell Cruz to go full steam past this goddamn town ahead. Cruz lifts a mechanical arm up to wave. Uh, and then puts it back down and starts working the controls. I wish everyone could see every time we invoke Cruz, Jake doing the Kermit the Frog wave. Yeah. <laughs> Cruz fires it up and gets you all moving. And uh, you see the quaint town of Silent Spring out the windows as you pass by its edge. You can see veritable chaos. Uh, in the streets, you can see a lot of the guards way, way, way off in the distance. You think maybe you can make out Mayor Dales laying into somebody in a fury. And I think you see some people notice and some pot shots are taken at the train. But it just, it seems like it's too late. Like they didn't think that you were going to be on the rail. They weren't prepared for this. And you make your way through, past, and out of town. Is that going to be a problem for us later? Like the mayor... We sure didn't do anything to or with him, and we've broken his thing, and we're on tracks. Uh-huh. Like, we're super easy to follow. Is that going to be a problem? I mean, maybe. We haven't seen very many trains go by since we've been here, and also we're about to go to a completely different territory. Oh, I'm not worried about like him having a train. I just mean he will know where we are because we're on the tracks. Yeah, but he's got to catch up to us. And without a train, that's going to take him a little while. So hopefully we can just get what we need before he catches up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming from on this. And yeah. we probably will have to deal with him, maybe. Maybe not, hopefully not. But our only other option is go up against him and his army that's already riled up and ready for a fight. That's, I guess, ultimately what I was asking. Like, is it is it better to make the choice to confront someone or have them come up on our six when we're not expecting them? This is his world, and he knows it a lot better than we do. So sometimes it's better to just try and get as far as we can, maybe get some new allies, and I kind of gesture towards Cam, <laughs> and bolster our side so that when we do have to confront him, we at least have some backup. Okay. Rev spends the rest of the train ride Just sitting out the back us. window. <laughs> <laughs> He's making a machine gun like it's Choo Choo Charles. <laughs> he spends a gear point on binoculars. <laughs> uh, speaking of new allies, I'll turn to Cam. Hi. Cam is like perched on a chair as opposed to sitting in a chair. Uh, and he's looking around at all of you still fairly anxiously. He says, hi. Uh, Cam, this is everybody. Uh, and I just gesture to each one. Kim, Rev, Tass, Jumbo, and I'm Megan. Again, nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks all of you for saving me. That was really clutch. Um, I've been in there for a while and it sucked. Uh, what? Do you need me for something? Uh, I mean, mostly we were just trying to hopefully help you get as far away from all of that as possible. Like, no, we're not. You're not like our prisoner. You can go anywhere. We just don't know 
what what your deal is, you know, how they yeah. caught you, how they hunted you down. I was like doing some research on you and got a sense that you were like a force of nature and you don't strike me as a, a force of, of nature. What? You were doing research on me? Yeah, I have I have books here. Um, about me? There was something kind of like you in there and it was just talking about how like naturally occurring things, not like from where we come from, monsters, but not actually a monster. Uh, yeah. Why don't you just introduce yourself to us we don't really know much about you or or what you are or how you interact with this place educate us yeah yeah i mean he looks puzzled as you're talking about like the books rev and he's like um i mean that's kind of tough i don't i don't know uh, to be honest i don't remember a lot i don't know where i came from i don't know what i am i think i'm i think i'm like a were bat and you know kind of like gestures at his lifts up his arms to hold up his wings and stuff he's like i've seen the other were creatures around and we've got that in common except i don't ever change back what do you do with the grain <laughs> uh, he seems very caught off guard i eat it I, I think that's what you're talking about yeah yeah okay yeah i mean i don't like i don't know i don't feel like a hunger for people actually it really grosses me out the idea of like eating someone or drinking blood i i just take i take the feet i'm an animal kind of and it just seems kind of fair like i don't have a good way to walk into a town and acquire goods but i don't want to take anything that people need or worked really hard on or anything it just seemed like a fair thing to steal as far as stealing things goes <laughs> so when you were in the church like did anyone say anything to you? Did Mayor Dales give you any indication as to, I don't know, what he was doing with you there? As far as I understand it, they were using me for my powers or something. Like, I was trapped and it was siphoning off of me. I don't know. It didn't feel bad. I don't know what powers they wanted. I didn't see anybody else turn into a bat or anything. They didn't have me bite anyone. Oh, are, are you hungry? Yeah. Okay, Uh, I'll be right back. And I'll go to the stable car and get, like, some of the grain and stuff that we have to feed the horses. Okay. Just, like, a bucket of oats. Yeah, a big bag of it. And I'm like, is this what you prefer? Because we do have, like, a dining car if you want some other, like, food. But if you, like, you like grain, we've got this. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't remember ever eating anything other than grain. I don't. Oof. Okay. Well, you start chomping on this, and then we'll take you to get some other options later and you can find out what you like how long ago do you remember um some years a few maybe five six i don't know it's kind of hazy i just the earliest thing i remember is ducking out of the sky and snatching a bag of feed from behind somebody's shop and then going and perching somewhere high because i was starving i was famished and i needed to eat and i ate the whole bag and i was full but i was scared and confused and i i didn't remember anything i don't know how i know my name it's about the only thing i can recall listening to cam explain his past and the gaps in his memory is it possible for me to have a vision of his past like how he came to be this way i think you can certainly try I'm wondering what weird level to consider this. Mm -hmm. uh, he is clearly at least a creature with human intelligence. And so reading his mind would start at a level five. Um, I mean, seeing seeing short but vague visions of the past, present or future is a weird three. Yeah. And it's like vague visions of his past, present yeah. or future specifically. I think last time we did this, we might have met in the middle at a four. Sounds good. Yeah. I think that's still square on this one. And, you know, it, it just will limit. The scope of the visions. Like yeah, no, They will sense. have to be short and vague as opposed to like crisp and clear. Okay, cool. That's a seven. So you tap into Cam's mind uh, and you look for clues. You look for visions. And immediately you can tell they're clouded. There's something obscuring this as you try to reach into his past, see what he remembers. It's It's murky. And I think you're aware of there's just this extant like corrupted magical ether in this world it seems like that has tainted his mind that has tainted like his existence it is the reason he can't remember i think what you do get are a smattering of brief visions that you would expect things that you've learned about him talked to him about of like snatching food flying over a landscape 
seeing other were creatures. And those are interspersed with, I don't know how else to put it, like incomprehensible, like eldritch dread. <laughs> like, <laughs> like thoughts that were clearly in his head that you can nary comprehend. Feelings of like omens or a sense of another being's mortality or the presence of death. Shit like that. Like really high concept, hard to parse in human thoughts subjects. Uh-huh. And it's just hard to tell like when were these things relative to each other because he doesn't know and it's all scrambled because of the magic of this world. Hey Jake. Yes sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? <laughs> no, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know the that. The show's actually. anniversary. We are turning 6 years old and to celebrate that, we're going to first grade. We <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash show. But all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. Oh, Cam. Oh, buddy. Oh, you're going to give me a nosebleed. Uh, I think on that subject, I think that the cost of this mixed success is just that your mind is a little bit scrambled. You're going to take minus one forward on whatever your next mind roll is. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you don't remember beyond like the last five or six years. Uh, I, I see the future and the past and I tried to see yours and it's just clouded in this fog of corrupt magical energy i mean not you specifically just like this haze that's over this whole world but man i mean i saw some of the things that you were describing like flying around and eating grain and then i saw some other stuff that was like really dark like being able to foretell omens of people's death or like Terrible, inexplicable horror, creepy stuff, bad stuff, stuff. Now that I'm talking at it and looking at you, this is new information, right? <laughs> he's like, he's like clutching his imaginary pearls. Yeah. Like, what? Yep. That sounds awful. It was awful to experience just in a brief vision. Um. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if that's you know tied into like your essence or if that has somehow if that's part of the corrupt energy of this world whether that's something else exerting its influence over you i don't know tass i think you see him like glance quickly at you i i thought you were gonna die what i i told i told her he looks at megan when she was trying to spring me i said that that the guy was gonna kill you i thought he was gonna kill you but like i could i could kind of feel it i didn't i didn't really know that but now that you mention it like i i, I knew i had a sense Oh my god, I thought you were just talking like hypothetically and like context clues. Well, so did I at the time. I look at Tass. Sorry, I thought <laughs> he was speaking hypothetically. If I thought that there was some sort of prophecy involved, I might have tried help. But wait a minute. That can't, it can't be because you're, 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 you didn't die. You're fine. Well, I, I mean, I've had visions of our deaths a bunch of times and they haven't happened. You know, the, the future is just a, a snapshot of that current moment. Things can always change. Is that the the kind of Johnny Appleseed that he is. Like, he sees a future where an apple tree doesn't grow, and so he plant he plants it to make, so that he changes that future of the bad not-apple-tree future. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> oh, he's still concussed, baby. <laughs> you should probably lay down. <laughs> Tass is, like, looking at the wall as he's explaining all of this. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... He's just nose to nose with Bojack. <laughs> Someone be sure to wake him up every 20 minutes. He took a non-lethal wound. It's going to take easily another 44 minutes before that clears itself up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the deal. And I just kind of like gesture to Cam and Jumbo. Who, who, by the way, is oh. just like mowing on like a turkey leg from the dining cart. And it seems like all of this is going just directly through his head. Sure. In one ear, out the other. He's like, mm -hmm. God bless him. <laughs> this, this is whale season. 
okay, we're from a different world. And we came here because there's this guy, this really bad guy, who is trying to do really bad things in our world. And to do that, he's trying to get energy from a bunch of different worlds, this being one of them. So what he does is he goes to these different worlds and he sets up these circles, right? So like the bell, right, that you were in, it had all the like runes carved in it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a that's like a spell, right? And like you said, they wanted to siphon something about your power, something about your abilities. Uh-huh. It's a lot. We're just looking for information so we can figure out where the other circles are, what might be in them, and to stop it and to stop this guy and put your world right and protect ours. And if you are willing to help us with that, that would be great. Look, I I really appreciate your help all of you and I I feel like I owe you And I mean, this sounds like a good cause. I'm happy to help. I just don't know what to do. Having been around the Headless Horseman, a kaiju, now Cam, how does he smell magically compared to the other creatures we've encountered? Like, I feel like I've got multiple points of reference now of what smells like what magically. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to make you roll for this. Um, This is a pretty, like, chill scenario in which you're trying this. I'm trying to think of an example. Because what I want to say is, like, he smells like death, but not in, like, a rotten meat way, uh-huh. but in, like, the loam on the ground in a forest type way. Like, he does smell like death. He smells like decay, but it smells like nature. Yeah, like compost. Like, it smells like death that begets life. Yes. Um, And, I mean, you do smell like there is that corruption about him, like there is about everything. And they're almost, like, equal forces. Like, it's like neither can overwhelm the other. There are so many different ideas floating around in my head for for you, Cam. Like, where we come from, there people write books, they write stories, um, and sometimes they make them into, like, things that you can watch and not just listen to. And there are stories about people who are missing their memories because they're a, a much bigger thing packed into a much smaller body or because they used to be, like, kind of omnipotent or a force of nature and come hurtling to the ground and are human for some unknown reason like you seem like something that was much bigger than you are and something happened to make you like us the size of us i know that doesn't make any sense i mean i understand the words that you're saying i just don't why why me i think because the smell on you is life and death and this guy's very interested in death yeah, God. Okay, so the guy that we were telling you about, like, we keep saying, oh, he's he's a bad guy, he's doing bad things. His goal is to become death everywhere. All worlds, all planes of existence, all reality. And he's not a good man, so that's a problem. I kind of turned back to the others. So do we think Cam here is, well, I mean, functionally, like many of us, the builder, the chosen, death, so on? that he is the embodiment of in this world? I don't know, because we also had Koshay, or uh, this world's version of Koshay in that same town. Well, the form, sure, but not necessarily the essence inside the crystal inside his head. Has anything else happened five or so years ago, around the time that you have your earliest memory? Anything significant in the history of the anvil? Something notable that might be connected. Who are you asking? Jumbo, I guess. <laughs> the only person who would have this answer. Well, we can go to the study and look. All the books are from this world. Well, that's true. I mean, I'll ask Jumbo first since he's here. He's sure, eating sure. a chicken leg, but that's a good point. Jumbo shrugs again. Nothing in particular that I can think of. I mean, things are always weird. There's always weirdness going on. But my life was fairly mundane before I started working for Mayor Dale's. I don't recall any big news, nothing falling from the sky, nothing exploding or changing or nothing like that. I can tell you, though, that we'd heard rumors of you, and he looks at Cam more than five or six years ago. I mean, I guess I don't know that it was you, but people have always known about were-creatures, and there used to be stories about a were-bat flying around, some kind of Batman. If it's you, then you've been sighted, well, my whole life, for sure, Cam shakes his head. I'm sorry, I I don't remember. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like something personal, like maybe just something to do with me happened and, you know, or maybe, I don't know, maybe something like built up too much. Like you said, there's the 
whatever the corrupted magic or something like maybe i just i got too much of it and it wiped my brain back then maybe i'm just extra susceptible how long were you in the bell i've been in the bell specifically for i mean it's kind of hard to keep track of time i'd say like five months uh and jumbo kind of nods he says uh i mean that's about the time when mayor dales switched all the focus to the church before then there was a little bit of focus on the saloon and the church and a bigger area and then he just kind of had us all slim down just on the one building and cam says i mean yeah for a while there i was allowed to exist throughout the church i wasn't confined to the tower like that i don't know what changed but at some point they came in and decided that was too much wandering space for me put me in the tower locked me in a bell jumbo's got a thinking face on and it looks like it hurts him a little bit oh honey he says for what it's worth i don't know if it matters but when Dales focused us all down on the church, I remember him saying something about impressing the boss. He seemed awfully satisfied with himself like that was his own idea. Mm. Didn't seem like he was told to do that part. Okay. I mean, if if this is all true, I'm, I'm not saying you're liars or anything. It's just, it's kind of hard to believe it's it. It's a but lot, <laughs> yeah. If, if this is all accurate, I guess, is there a way to fix me and... Also, I guess, what does that mean? I've always had it in my head that fixing me meant turning me back into a person. Sounds like that might not be the case, though. It might not. It might be. I think, I don't know, this is just just a thought. But Nash came through. He did something here. At some point, he started. He, he laid his own tracks to this plan. I can't help but assume that he is the reason that you've lost your memory. It might be tied to several things, like making you an easier target to capture and use for his purposes. If we keep going and we destroy the rest of the magic that he set up, that whatever he set up that took away what you are, who you are, may not restore your memory, but might make it easier for us to fix it. He nods. Okay, well, um, I don't have anything particular on my calendar. <laughs> So I, I suppose I can stick with all of you for the time being, if that's okay. Yeah, dude, we're happy to have you. Absolutely. Just, you know, understand we are willingly going into danger. We are willingly looking for the people that captured you. So we're not exactly taking the safe path here. So yeah, it, it's up to you. We would love to have you. Um, and we'll do our best, of course, to defend you, keep you safe, but safe in the frying pan. <laughs> You're probably going to get a lot of omens of our deaths, but like a lot yeah. in different ways. Uh, he looks apprehensive of all of this, but he nods. Jumbo, any questions? Oh, man. Yeah, I know. So many. What do you like to do, Jumbo? I like, I like a good drink. I like a good smoke. I like to play cards. I like to throw a hatchet. I like shooting at cans. I like camping. Damn, Jumbo, you're a good time. I like. <laughs> I, did I say a drink already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you like to make a good drink or you just like to have a good drink? I don't know how to make a good drink. Mm. I don't know what you got to like take a vegetable and do something with it to turn it into a drink. Oh, we're we're going to, that. yes, but I think he, we're going to teach you about mixed drinks. <laughs> I ain't never heard of nothing like that before. <laughs> I just drink swill from a bottle, <laughs> and that's good enough for me. My favorite drink is XOXO. <laughs> I guess I was asking, I didn't know if you had any like particular skills that you enjoyed. Uh, I, I mean, I'm excited to learn about the things you enjoy. I just didn't know if you're like, oh yeah, I like to, I like to I'm real good at whittling, or well, obviously you're good at throwing a hatchet. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm a good fighter, for yeah. sure. Yeah, he, he kicked some ass. Over at that, uh, over at that church, it was awesome. Yeah, I just I've been a big boy since puberty. I was a real runt up until then, and then whoosh, I just shot up like a weed. He's not good at lying though, and that's fine. That's good. That's a good. That's a good thing. It's just something that we should be aware of. Because yeah, leave the lying to us. Some of us. You point me in a direction if you need something like punched or thrown or broken or whatever. And uh, other than that, I'm happy to just. Learn about mixed drinks and whatnot. Hell yeah. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to go to the library, see if anything happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jump the library, the study. Jumbo's like, is this one you need me for? Yeah, yeah. Come here. Help okay. me. You'll be my research buddy. All right. He follows you. He lumbers along behind you. It'll be like when Danny was getting books for you. <laughs> Reach that tall shelf. 
Uh, all right, Rev, in the study, uh, why don't you give me an investigate roll, and we're still going to consider this in a human settlement, so it'll be plus mind, plus investigate. Okay, and then I guess I, I didn't do this last time. I want to spend one of the charges from the study to have something beneficial for this. So, like, I don't know, maybe like the equivalent of the farmer's almanac or like something that would note strange maybe weather or crop things since he's got a feeling of life and death on him. Okay, uh, so we can treat this like kind of like invoking an aspect, like take a plus one to this roll as well, and it might get you some unique information. Okay. Eleven. So you get three relevant facts. So as far as what you learn from the books, there doesn't seem to have been any unique, relevant, major event around that time. Uh, and so I think that what that tells you is... Cam is probably onto something. This is not some external event that has caused this in him. This is something unique to him. I think you also like go back over the books you were reading about originally, trying to get an idea of what Cam might be. And the thought occurs to you of like, if he's something greater, that this corruption might influence him in a more detrimental way, in a more specific way. That like, you know, everybody else is just a person in the world. And this doesn't really get to them. But if he is indeed like a force of nature, if he is a conduit of death or whatever, then something sick with the world would probably be sick with him also. And finally, uh, I think that you focus back on what he was telling you were like the first things he remembers. That he was like starving, he was cold, he was afraid, he was confused. And then he mentioned like maybe this like builds up in me. You feel like that has some basis that this might just be cyclical. Like, this might just happen to him every so often, and it might be exacerbated by the circumstances he ends up in. That, you know, if he was just smooth sailing, chill, like like other people in the world, you know, if he just had a good time and a comfy home and whatever, he might go a very long time before this corruption made him so sick that he forgot. But if things are hard and he's struggling and he's experiencing negative emotions, that sickness in the world is going to make him sick faster and he will forget sooner. So there is a possibility that in the time you know him, at some point he might just forget. Okay, so I'm going to repeat some of this to you to make sure I understand it. So it seems like whatever he is, that this memory loss and then this not knowing who I am and being hungry, essentially this kind of what feels like a cycle of rebirth might be getting sped up because of what's happened to this world, that whatever effect is happening to him might be stronger and happening more frequently than it used to. Not exactly. I don't think you get any impression that this would be happening to him if the world wasn't sick. Oh, okay. Like, he might have gone his whole existence up until this corruption happened, doing his job, whatever that is. You know? I see. And when that happened, it made him sick. And now, because that corruption exists, it keeps him sick. Okay, so the memory loss is not part of his natural cycle. Yeah, I don't know how you get that out of a book, but I'll tell you, yes, it doesn't okay. seem like that's <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's part of his natural cycle. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a symptom of the problem. Okay. I guess if memory loss is the sickness, it being a cycle is a good way to just keep him from getting back to where he's supposed to be. Like if you lose your memory, oh. everything you gain from then on sure. out, you could eventually maybe achieve something to undo. But if you keep losing your memory over and over again, yeah. then it's going to keep you. Nash has 51st dated him. Exactly. Okay. Good work, Jumbo. <laughs> yeah, imagine all that stuff I said, but in Jumbo's voice. He's the one who <laughs> discovered it and read it to you. And then he's like, what What just happened? Rev's I feel like, like I just woke from a trance. Oh my God, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> all right, where are we headed and what are we planning to do next? You know that these tracks will ultimately lead you in a loop around the anvil. So these will take you to the Jackalope Flats. Ultimately, you know some things that are going on there. Is there anything else anybody wants to do while we're still in Montfair before we leave this territory? Is there anywhere particular in the Jackalope Flats that you plan to go first? Yes, you know yes, that church. That ch <laughs> well you, you know that you'll hit Fort Ghost Hollow first. The uh, Iron Striders explained to you that's kind of like the, the front door. That's like the first outpost in the Jackalope Flats. Yeah, I mean... If that's the first thing we hit and we have a contact there, probably where we should stop first before heading to Bronze Chapel. Yeah. So the night passes as your train chugs along the tracks. You are all able to get some rest, recover a little bit. 
Cam and Jumbo start to settle into life on the rails. And the next day, as you travel, you can see the landscape starting to shift. As you work your way around the anvil, you can see that the grass and the fields of Montfair, where the rain comes in, start to give way to dust and dirt, just dry, barren lands. It's not completely inhospitable. You can see critters out and about. You can see some plant life out there, but it's clearly taking a turn. It does take this entire day and the better part of another to reach the actual like territory line of the Jackalope Flats. And because it is flat and barren, you can see well in advance the settlement ahead uh, that you would assume is Fort Ghost Hollow. It is set up like an outpost. You can see that the tracks are going to come in like basically through a big gate, like as if they have built around them in case they needed to prevent transit on the tracks for any reason. So you can see that these tracks don't come in on the edge of town. They come right down the middle. And as you get closer, you can see that it's sort of fortress-esque, more than settlement-esque like what you've seen so far. You see iron striders manning stations uh, standing on that structure that stretches above the tracks. You can see that there is still a hustle and bustle, um, like it is not exclusively an iron strider outpost, but it definitely seems fortress-like. Um, and I think you can see well in advance they have signaled for you to halt the train before you reach the gates. And uh, Cruz does as he told. So he brings the train to a slow crawl and then to a stop. It settles on the tracks and a couple of iron striders come aboard to meet all of you. They are not ones you recognize from your encounter right when you arrived. One of them is a short, stocky woman uh, with short black hair. She is wearing no hat. She does have like a bandana tied like a kerchief around her neck uh, and is wearing what seems to be like kind of the Iron Strider's signature like coat and leathers here. She seems to be the one calling the shots for another much younger, like 18, 19 year old guy um, who's real tall, very lanky. Uh, he kind of looks like maybe he's the rookie, but she boards the train and just stands near the front to face all of you. Afternoon. Welcome to Fort Ghost Hollow. What's your business in the flats? Uh, we're here to check in with Dawson. Her demeanor, like, immediately softens. Dawson's been dead for 60 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you must be the new Ghostbusters. Uh, she says, yeah, all the folks Dawson was talking about. Okay. All right. Well, welcome. We've been expecting you. Sure thing. I can, I can take you to Dawson. Feel free to pull the train off onto the side tracks right over here. Come meet me over at the gate. Great. Uh, thank you. What was your name? Oh, my name's Cassidy Stanhope. This is my associate, Johnny Martinez. Don't come to him with anything too complex. He is new. <laughs> and he, like, smiles kind of sheepishly and just waves at you all from behind her. The two of them deboard, uh, and Johnny kind of gestures for Cruz uh, where to pull the train, and he seems... A little bit confused as he lays eyes on Cruz for the first time. Uh, and Cruz waves at Johnny. And you can see off the other side of the train, Cassidy goes and starts reporting to some other members of the Iron Striders uh, who head off based on her words. So a couple minutes later, they get your train squared away uh, off the side of the track safely on its own little stretch of rail. And you are able to reconvene with Cassidy and at this point, Dawson uh, over by the gate where you came in. And uh, Dawson holds out a hand to shake everybody's. Um, are Cam and Jumbo coming with you? Are they exiting the train right now? You leaving either or both of them in reserve for the moment? I feel like they have to yeah. if we're all leaving. Didn't we decide that <laughs> no one can be on the train when we're not on the train? Mm, you did. You did decide that. Whoops. Yeah. Okay. Then is there any particular way you want to handle their introduction or anything? Or are you just treating them like part of the gang? Yeah, I think they're just part of our crew. Okay. We offer them some hats and some bandanas and just some cool jackets. If <laughs> I they like want Jumbo it. just wearing two of yeah, all he, of yeah, those. Yeah, he puts all those on over the ones he's already got. <laughs> In case they want to switch it up and give Cam an option to be like, I don't got wings, I just look kind of weird. You know, like whatever he wants to conceal. Uh, I think Cam very much takes your advice on that. I don't think he's got like an idea. I don't think he's like, oh no, I need a coat. Like he's like, what do you guys think is the best idea? Do I do I try to disguise? I mean, 
I don't know how people have interacted with seeing him. You know, is he treated with hostility for any reason other than he's stealing grain? (laughs) Is this a stop thief or is it a, oh my gosh, a monster, kill it? Well, I mean, we also know that the further we get around this ring, like the weirder the environment gets. So I mean, like seeing camp might not be a huge deal compared to what else is out in the flats. Yeah, Dawson, I believe, mentioned that some of them have a little extra even in the Iron Striders. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I think we'll give him the stuff to be like, yeah, just kind of feel more comfortable, like at least have the the kind of look that everybody else is going with, but don't feel like you have to shy away or, or hide yourself fully. Just, you know, I think presenting like you are, like it's not really presenting, it's just kind of being with us and, and, and trying to be comfortable uh, is, is all that would be important with this group. All right. Uh, Cam, like, takes a coat and tries to put it on, but he, he can't get it on because his wings won't go in the sleeves, and so he abandons that. And he takes a hat, and he, like, tries to put it on, but he's got the big pointy bat ears, and it won't go on. And so he just settles for just a red bandana. I love it. Oh, oh, my God, I love it so much. Oh, I love him. I will cut slits in that hat for you if you would like I was hat. thinking the exact same if thing, want, Rev. If you want ear slits. <laughs> I was like, I will modify this. He's wearing the bandana and chaps. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. That's canon. <laughs> that's what I'm going with. I love him. Hot. All right. So all of you then approach Stanhope and Dawson. And uh, yeah, Dawson like extends hands to shake. She clearly clocks Cam early. And I think you see her like look at him. And, like, look up at the sun and look back at him kind of confused. And uh, as she gets to him in the rotation of introductions, she says, uh, Okay, you have my interest. Why are you a bat when the moon's not out? Uh, and Cam, like, kind of looks at all the rest of you, like, not sure how much information to give. Uh, different different kind of bat. What? It's, uh, it's, not a, it's not a moon's out, wings out kind of situation. Yeah, we, we don't think he's a were-bat. He's just a bat-man, and he's very lovely. She kind of nods with like a, hmm, look on her face. She says, okay, interesting. I've never come across anything like that before. All I'm used to are were-folk. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think it might be worth even asking you all or, you know, if you have, I don't know, a library or something that even we could look through that uh, Cam here has lost a good portion of his memory. So we're trying to help him out as well. And, you know, I know, you know, I'm saying this knowing that we have gone over and, and gotten some good information on this, but like even just putting them at ease with the truth of just like, yeah, we're not really sure and we're trying to hash it out too. Might not be a bad idea with this group. Dawson and Stanhope look at each other and nod. Dawson says, well, you're welcome to access any of the resources we got here. We got books. We got a library. We got plenty of folks who have seen plenty of weirdness out there. Fort Ghost Hollow is a little bit a town, a little bit a guard station, and a little bit like a research substation. So whatever you need before you progress any further around the anvil, you should be able to find here. My people will uh, do a short inspection of your train. Uh, And she looks over and sees that people are like reaching their hand through the train. And they look at her with like a shrug. She says, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come along if that's okay. If, If I'm on the train... They can look through everything. Free, free reign. It's totally fine. I appreciate it. We just want to make sure that nothing's making its way into or out of the more dangerous areas without us having some record of it. Absolutely. Very good. Uh, and she gives a nod to Stanhope, and Stanhope heads over in that direction uh, as if to like lead this inspection. Yeah, I will follow and step onto the train and invite them in. Yeah, a handful of Iron Striders come on board. They just start looking about, looking through stuff, looking over stuff. Some of them are taking notes. Uh, it just seems like they're generally taking an inventory and making sure nothing unsavory is going on. What's anybody else want to do? I think I want to, in the study, um, mark on the map like where we found the circle mm-hmm. and now start thinking about, you know, hopefully once we find the next one, then we can at least triangulate where the third one will be. Um, so I, w- I want to mark at least the first one and start that process of like, oh, we've kept track. Yeah, you are able to mark where the first circle was. I think you do know, though, that because of the changes you all have learned about to the spell, yeah. you won't necessarily be able to triangulate it based off two points. Sure, like, sure. Just as long as they make a triangle, it could be kind of anywhere out there. Here's a question based on that. 
and the research we've done, we know these symbols, more or less what they mean. Is there a way for us to, again, if we kind of get a couple, to look at the symbols and know, like maybe not know where it is, but to know like, oh, they have used the arrangement of runes that means it's not going to be an exact situation? Like, have they used the thing that makes it okay for it to be in a different spot? Right. Yeah. I think that's totally feasible if you have the opportunity to examine the runes. I don't know that you have that opportunity based on this last encounter, though. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That bell is well behind you. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I saw them. I was the one that marred it. Am I able to remember them well enough to write them down or do the comparison? Give me like a retroactive awareness roll. 10? Yeah, I think you are able to sufficiently replicate the runes you saw on the bell. Yeah, I'll draw that out so we all have kind of the reference. This is what the runes on the bell were. Rev, I think you would be the one with your arcane knowledge Mm. to try and scrutinize these and see what they mean. Okay. I'm always so torn on the investigate move because there's not always like three relevant facts that I think you need or could glean. Yeah. Just just do use a skill with investigate because then I can give you how, exactly how much and, and what I feel you've earned and need to know. <laughs> this is the most GM shit you've ever said. <laughs> 11. All right, so you can glean that this is going to be in a regular triangle. Like, it's not going to be just a perfect equilateral, three same angles. Beyond that, though, I think you can tell from these runes that it's not even like a flat parallel triangle, as if this is reflecting towards points that are not on the same plane as the first. They will be higher or lower in some locations. Oh, okay. Boy, with that knowledge, is there anywhere on this map where there's indicated, like, mines? There are. Probably a handful of mines listed on the map, Um, but I think the ones that catch your attention that are in the Jackalope Flats and could fall in line with this triangle are the Tenpenny Mines. They are close to the end of the Jackalope Flats. Like, you will have a good amount of ground to travel in the Jackalope Flats. Bronze Chapel will be between you and them. Um, They'll get you fairly close to the border to Lost Hope, but they seem like the most notable ones in this relevant region. Yeah, I'm going to mark around those in pencil and put little question marks around it. Little hearts. Little hearts. No, those are the ones that I've put next to Brown's Chapel. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody gets to doodle on the map. Yeah. Everybody gets one map doodle for morale. (laughs) I draw our horses. Mm. They're just having a time. (laughs) They're not like anywhere particular like on the map. They're just kind of like floating in the margins. I draw that sick S. (laughs) Everybody knows and nobody knows where it comes from. The middle school S? Yeah. That's the rune on the bell. (laughs) It's just that over and over. That was on the inside of the bell because Cam was very bored. (laughs) He's like, I don't know what this symbol means, but I love it. It Calls to me. And you all depart the train to investigate Fort Ghost Hollow. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Are you two still awake? Dad, we're too excited! You'll be tired at Mockery Manor tomorrow, and it's bigger than ever, so you really do need to sleep. Daddy, tell us about the new expansion! Okay, okay. Yay! Once upon a time, there was a wonderful place, Mockery Manor. Everyone loved it, but sometimes it felt lonely. 
the manor longed for a companion, so they built a whole new park right next door and called it Claytonville. And it was the rootinest, tootinest place you ever did see. Yee-haw! Hop on board the brand new Mockery Railroad all the way to Claytonville. Toot-toot! In Claytonville, there are four cowboy lands to explore. Lasso a goat in Farmin' Valley. Kiss your girl's best friend in Lovelorn Town. Stop it, Terry. And in Cowboy Christmas Town, hop on down to the Bluegrass Grotto to meet Cowboy Santa. Ho, ho, ho down! And are you brave enough to ride the wildest ride in Claytonville? Look out, it's the Four Spurs Pantry! Two parks in one and only $19.99 for a family of four. And how about you? Yeah, that's right. You. Listening to this. Are you ready to come back? To Mockery Manor. Season 3. Available now. <laughs>